0: Hello and welcome back to onto The Ball. I'm joined as always by Travis Morgan and James O'Bee O'Brien. If you're new to the page, please like and subscribe um, and watch all the videos, past and present. We're going to be here for the next 45 minutes to an hour talking about England, the World Cup, Brazil, Spain, Germany all going out. Argentina being lucky enough to get through on penalties last night. And we're gonna explain with my two experts here why it's coming home. Travis Ob, how are you doing? You're okay. Yeah,
1: not bad, not bad. The weather, the turn, the changing weather has killed me. To be fair, I'm nesh at the best of times, so I've been wrapped up, scarf, all my skiing gear on. It's been, I've, I've just gone all out, mate. I've prepared for it, so yeah, it's not been nice in terms of the change of the weather and did plenty of action and ob
0: cool. you're off your deathbed to pretty much come on the potty peer <laughs> pressure so we really appreciate that you, you look well you look better than me anyway if i got close i'm just out of the shower my eyes are all bloodshot you look better than me
2: so <laughs> yeah I've, I've i've just felt rotten for a few days and i know you've been ill for a while as well scott so it's just um get on with it sort yourself out and, and get over yourself and just crack on mate the potty's more important than anything
0: Exactly. <laughs> as long as we're all well for uh, in time for Christmas, that's all that counts. Um, yeah. England, quarterfinal tonight against a very strong France side with the golden egg of a semi-final against Portugal or... Who are they playing Morocco. again? Morocco. Morocco. Does mm. it get any better than this? I'm not saying that Portugal who are the favourites to beat Morocco would be a gimme, but Surely, if we beat France, there's a massive chance we're going to get to a World Cup final. What are you thinking yeah. now in terms of the pressure Southgate was under coming into the World Cup off the back of getting relegated from the Nations League? What are you thinking now, OB? you're the biggest England fan out of all of us. Let's come to you first. Has he won people over? Was it worrying for nothing about the nations league playing all fringe players have we got a strong 11 that can rival france and even beat them
2: wow it's a big question it's a big task i think i think france are the world champions for a reason they were poor in the euros last year but apart from that i think they are probably on paper the best team in the, in the competition probably the best team in the world excluding the competition anyway so include brazil in that um I think the the route looks like it's going to be for Southgate. It's going to be France, Portugal and Argentina. And that particular route is fraught with danger. None of them games are easy. I mean, I'm not writing Croatia off. I'm not writing Morocco off. But I think that they are three really tough games. So there's a lot of hurdles there still to get over. Um, do I think England are ready for it? I'm not sure. Um, remains to be seen. I think he's found he's almost stumbled across the right formation and the right players because they did play very well against Senegal after the first 30-odd minutes. Um, It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, for for me, there's a chance it could happen. I would say we're not the favourites to beat France tonight. I'd say the, the French are likely to win the game or a lot more likely than England are to win the game. I suppose it's about how you handle big moments, and that's what we've seen in this World Cup. So if it comes to penalties, have they got what it takes to see that through? And I heard them on the radio um, this morning talking about that, saying that he, he, he'd spent a lot of time planning to, down to that level of detail, so we'll see if that comes off. Um, how, did France, really, really sorry, we, how did
0: France get on in the Euros? You've caught me there. I'm they not got, a massive no, no, international they, fan, as you know. How did France they, get on?
2: They got knocked out by Switzerland, didn't they? So I think they were 3-1 up. If you remember rightly, Pogba scored a goal and it went to 3-1. It looked like they were going to cruise through. Then they got knocked out. So uh, they got pegged back. And it was like they'd lost concentration in the game. Um, they aren't adverse to it, this group of French players. They they are quite young. They're, there's a lot of players in there who will have off games. So it isn't beyond the realms of possibility. I'm just looking at it. I think French the French have probably got a slightly stronger starting eleven, um, but maybe England have got the stronger squad.
0: Well, we'll get to that soon. We're going to do a combined eleven soon. Um, Trav, what's your thoughts on the game? Are you confident, or is Mbappe and France going to do as the odds suggest? Obi's right; they are favourites. England are two to one. France are around seven to five. Best uh, price. A lot of money coming in for the draw. I think it might be a little bit under 2-1 on a couple of bookies. I predicted 2-2 two, two myself. I'll ask you for your predictions later. But what's your feelings going into the game?
1: Well, with this World Cup, I don't I don't think anybody's blowing anybody away, are they? I, I think you look at this fixture between England and France, I think it's going to be very nip and top. I echo what AOB is saying. I do think France have just got slightly more... Um, a little bit more quality in in specific areas that will probably just see them over the line in the game, especially the Mbappe factor, which we'll probably get into a little bit later on, but I think England can go into this game as slight underdogs and they shouldn't be feeling any sort of pressure because I think it's it's a case of we've been here before, haven't we? Like, how many times have England sort of been in this situation where they sort of cruise through group games, cruise through the last 16, there's a buzz, there's a hype and everybody gets sort of Excited and rightly so because if you can't get excited about being in the quarterfinal of a World Cup, when can you be excited apart from winning the competition? Like you have to be excited supporting your country at this particular time, and this is the real acid test. I mean, I I was listening to Simon Jordan on Talksport. I don't always listen to Talksport, but I do like a lot of his opinions, and he was sort of saying what I what I've been thinking for quite some time. Like countries can beat the teams that they're expected to beat, which England have done quite comfortably. And, and some of the other nations haven't actually done that. I don't think anybody won every single group game, um, which was interesting. So I think this is the real test now for Southgate. Can he then take this England squad to the next level and go and beat a France? Because I think that's where the belief's going to come. If they can manage to win tonight, everyone will start to believe that they can win it. Not only because they're so close, I think being such a big nation is what he really needs to tick off at such a major stage in a tournament. So I think he can go into this game as slight underdogs, but I think he'll be quietly confident that if they play the cards right, they can get a positive result.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Southgate's in a bit of an impossible situation, isn't he? If he yeah.
1: tinkers with it,
0: changes formation to try and counteract the France threat, and it goes wrong, he'll be scrutinised big time if he doesn't and it still goes wrong it'll be the same outcome do any of you predict a change in formation change in personnel to to try and combat France and at the same time if he doesn't would he be mad not to because France are like you say brilliant and the favourites to win the World Cup although Argentina might be now
2: I think he he will probably go with the same formation I think that I've reflected it to and fro on that. It really is one of them that it's going to be great after the event to say, oh, he got it wrong. Um, ultimately, he needs to be able to dictate the way England can play and the way England can break. I don't think there's anyone in that team who deserves to be dropped from the performance in the last game. And I don't think there's anybody who sticks out as a player to go, this guy's this guy's got a better, we've got a better alternative to this guy on the bench. Um, I think he'll go with the same team. And the indications are in the media and if they tend to release it anyway, is that he is going to go with the same team, Scott. I mean, I suppose once again, and I keep saying this, the only other option would be if he decided to utilise Trippier at left back instead of Shaw. I think is the only one that would get tinkered from a defensive positional perspective, but I think Shaw, Shaw did enough in the last game to, to show that he he's, he's quite well drilled. Um, he he is a good player um, as much as I hate saying that because he's a Man United player, but he is a good player and he is somebody who has got a potential to have stunning games. Um, he has been in these type of situations before. So I would say he'll probably go with the same team. Um, and I think that will set out a stall to go, look, we're not changing for you. We're going to dictate to you. But it'll also give that edge and it'll put more emphasis on that battle that we've heard about all week uh, between Walker and Mbappe on that side, because that is absolutely
0: key. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: The yeah, only change that
0: really sure. might be Sterling, Trav. Sterling's mm-hmm. flew back to Qatar, isn't he?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I think what if it. I think if you change him from a back four to a back five in such a critical time, I think two things you've got to have a very good reason to do it, and the second thing is you you've got to be good on the counter attack or when you when the ball turns over and you receive possession you've got to be confident that you can hurt the opposition so what you're doing is you're taking one less player out of attack to put an extra defender in because you're saying right, we want to nullify mbappe but this the trouble is I just don't think England if they do that then give themselves the best opportunity to sort of retain the ball and stop attacks from coming if you're going to take a midfielder out i just i think the ball's just going to keep coming back and coming back and coming back because what you're going to say is, is like right we're going to give possession up we're going to play on the counter today and i just i think you give the french too much of the ball i think they're just going to hurt you eventually like if you take example mbappe He's going to be playing against Walker and Maguire on that side. Okay, you put an extra defender in. Do you genuinely think he's going to be that phased if you're just going to put Dyer in there as an extra body? Like mm. he's going to he's going to be able to take them on anyway. Two, three. I just I just think the best form of attack for England is is to attack France tonight. I'm not saying you have to go gung-ho, but we've got to pose some sort of threat in the game. We can't just invite pressure for 60, 70, 80 minutes and expect to come out on top and just soak up pressure, because I don't think England are any good at doing that. Um, I think with the players that England have got can actually hurt France. If you look at some of the French games, although France have scored a lot of goals, they've conceded some chances in the game. Um, And I think England, if they can get ahead in the game, it gives them a very, very good chance of winning. So I I personally think he's got to stick with the back four. Um, Whether he sticks with Maguire or how how he does deal with the threat of Mbappe, because he has to look at it separately. Do you know what I mean? It is something that he has to cater for. Whether we play... He won't, though, will he? Like, Maguire and Stones are set now. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but what I mean is, like, because Mbappe generally starts games on the left and he drifts in a lot, does he play a wide player on the right? Like, obviously, he's been staying... playing with Saka but does he switch Saka and play somebody a little bit more defensive on that side I don't know what he's going to do does, does he cater especially for it or does he just stick with what what we've got and, and what we've been going with and what's been successful in the tournament it's a really really tricky one like you said he's, he's sort of damned if he does damned if he doesn't if he changes it and it doesn't work he's going to get criticism if he doesn't change it he's going to get criticism so he might as well just stick to what he feels confident with and just go for it. And and like you said, all you're looking for is maximum effort from the players, players a tight unit, make themselves hard to beat, and on the counter attack, just try and get in behind and use that pace in the wide areas. That's what I think you're gonna hurt France, because their full backs do bomb on. But it does do it. Think it works it well. both ways,
0: doesn't it? If he if he gets it right, he's a
1: hero. And um, we're
0: wheeling he- out atomic kitten and we're going into party mode. The the whole country will be up in arms, yeah. looking forward to semi-final. So, um, Trav, I think you reckon we, he should go uh, full Jamie O'Hara and just give them something to worry about.
1: Yeah, I, I agree think...
0: with. If you're going to win a World Cup, yeah. you've got to be on the front foot and giving the other teams something to worry about rather than trying to play a game of chess and flute your way to the final.
2: I yeah. agree with that up to a point, but you've also got to be a little bit clever in games and it's game management. You look yeah. at the you look at the Croatians, right? The reason that they're there isn't based on their football ability. Although there is plenty of football ability in that team. It's yeah. organization, discipline, and knowing what they need to do for every possible scenario and managing a game through and putting pressure on other teams. Now I don't think the English team as a whole has got that mentality. I don't think we're aged enough. I don't think with the possible exception of Henderson and Kane we're particularly experienced enough to be able to do that. So if you're not going to play that, you've got to go out and cause them problems. I think, and my view is, and I don't know about you guys, is Phil Foden's absolutely key if he plays tonight. This could be a massive breakout game for Foden in particular, simply because it's the type of game where if he turns up and has a stunning game, I think he wins it. And it's similar to the Mbappe situation on the other side of the park. If he has a brilliant Phil Foden type level of performance that we've seen in the premier league and i'm thinking about games that stick out like the one way played at anfield behind closed doors where he, he just he blew a really good team apart i think it could be a phil foden game yeah
0: i i agree with you Obi. i i'm not an international ball expert trav knows quite a lot watches a lot plays fifa a lot loads and not knows a lot of players but i always look at a player, if they're in a successful team, and that's obviously Phil Foden, who's supposedly the best team in the world, favourites to win the league, and they will win the league, favourites to win the Champions League. If you've got a player playing like that, he is going to be more of a threat, in my opinion, and more worthy of a place than say someone. You've got, I've mentioned it about the Brazil squad, yeah. You've got players in the Brazil squad or in the Brazil team who are ridiculed, Richarlison. He's, he's not even getting in a fully fit Spurs squad. Uh, sorry, Spurs team. You've got Fred, who's ridiculed at Man United. They're playing for... So I put a lot of emphasis on that. So I again, following on from what OB's saying, I'm a massive Phil Foden fan. He's one of the first n- names on the team sheet. Use these players that are at the absolute top of their game. But of course, it works both ways. You've got uh, Maguire at centre-back, who's in no form at all. Jordan Henderson was in no form at all going into this tournament. I even agreed that he, he was lucky to make the squad. And now I've been his biggest fan in the last four years, calling him Jordan Pirlo after the great Andrea Pirlo. His form has been dreadful this season, mainly due to injuries. He's been stop-start. And now all of a sudden, he's had a couple of good games. He's looked at as the golden boy. He's back in form, back in favour. So there's so many angles to look from. But yeah, I I hope that Phil Foden plays. But if he does... Who doesn't? Does that mean Sterling's not coming back in? So it's Foden it, on the right, Saka on the left.
2: Yeah, it'll go yeah well. absolutely. It, it will happen. It'll, it'll stick with Foden. There's no, for me, there's no justification bringing Sterling back in now. I thought Foden played well against Senegal. Um, and on top of that, I think he's he's probably got, he's a, he's a better player than Sterling is at this point in his career. Um, and I think that all adds up to Foden starts the game. Um, what is interesting about England is they've got lots of really good options off the bench. So Rashford obviously done well in the in the, in the the game against Wales. Um, they've got Sterling who can come off and, and cause some damage. And they've got players who can come in and the level won't drop and they'll bring something new. And that is where England have almost got to, I think, take the game by the scruff of the neck, do what they've got to do and then bring on these players and almost renew what we're doing again. And just keep going at France. Because I, I do think the England squad is probably as strong, if not stronger, than the French squad. I don't think the starting eleven necessarily is. But I think if you can make it a squad game on 60-odd minutes when it's still nil-nil or we're, we're in a narrow lead... You
1: know, um, sure something like that or... Yeah,
2: absolutely. And stretch the game at that point. And I think somewhere in Southgate's psyche, he'll be thinking that as well. And maybe that might mean... Given that Southgate has been defensive at points in the past, that he tries to keep it tight for 60 minutes. Yeah,
1: um,
0: I think that's well. going to bring us on nicely to the um, the combined 11. Sorry, Trav, you carry on, mate. I'm just no, trying no, to position I... it on the screen. I was no, going well, to cover was... cover Obi's face of it because he thinks he doesn't look very well, but I'm I'm struggling <laughs> to get it on. so It might just be covering Trav's face, actually, so the viewers can see it. Sorry, Trav, carry on.
1: No, no, what I was saying is, is I think another player that, The English really needs to focus on. Besides Mbappe, is Griezmann, and I think he's gone under the radar quite a lot. But he's been very instrumental in what the French are sort of doing in terms of the way they're playing because he's dropped a lot deeper than he previously has in 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 other tournaments. He's played a lot higher in other tournaments, more or less a striker or just as a second striker. Sometimes even as a wide forward. But he's more or less playing as a central midfield player for France and sort of picking the ball up deep and being sort of like the playmaker. But then his timing of his runs, like he's getting into the box really late, he's so hard to pick up, and like he's very very dangerous. So I think that's why I do think England will stick with the three in midfield and just sort of try and match match them in that way. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the French sort of, um to see how the English sort of deal with Griezmann as well. But all the space comes down France's left-hand side because Mbappe likes to come in, that leaves space for Theo Hernandez to overlap. And if you if you look at the games, he overlaps a hell of a lot in matches and gets round. Um, so I think England, if they're going to exploit any sort of space, it's going to come down France's left-hand side from an offensive point of view as well. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Man.
0: The dog up. Right, Trav... Um... I probably should have started this combined 11 before you started talking because what I've done is I've chosen players um, while I was waiting for you lads to log on that I think are, are shoehorned. It's not shoehorned. They're just they're a shoe-in. That's it. Um, yeah. And now that you've mentioned Griezmann and give give them uh, words, it might be a shoe-in for him. But again, who's keeping him out? I'm thinking maybe Foden. Like we're all... Um, waxing lyrical. Yeah, about,
1: if, we're so it on, if we're basing it on what we've seen so far, I'd probably say Griezmann's been one of the players of the tournament. From personally, from just from what I've seen. But like I said, um, you've got Bellingham. Like I'd, I'd, I'd even put Jordan Henderson ahead of Rice at the moment in terms of performance levels. To be fair, I, I just, I would I know I you have
0: said you're ill, but are you feeling all right?
1: That's I just
2: I heard think. that. I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think it. as well. It's, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that I think that people are hearing, and it's 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 weird because because it's a World Cup, and we're hearing a lot of what the players are saying on the pitch because of the the way the stadiums are. I think people are starting to appreciate that Henderson is literally a conductor on the pitch. He's an extension of the manager, and it's what a lot of Liverpool fans have known for a long time but when you actually see it you realize how influential he is and when when he's playing well and when the team's playing well it's it's so much it's so important he's such an important player in in, in that kind of position he's almost like grown into that over the last few seasons at Liverpool where he's becoming more and more vocal um and he really is he's almost he's almost an extension of the manager and right, let me let me that...
0: stop you there i feel like i need to right. um I need I need to delete some players out. So basically what I've done is I've I've started the eleven with uh, players that I thought would be a shoe-in. So I yeah, okay. don't waste any time. I put Varan in up a Makano at centre back. Yeah. Yeah. Both in yeah. agreement they are both yeah. massive upgrades on Stones and Maguire. I put uh, um,
2: the, yeah, there's a bit of an argument for Stones, but no, not not enough to get yeah, in. Not in yeah.
0: Not not enough for us to <laughs> debate. Mbappe on no. the left. And I put Kane up top ahead of Giroud, which is, seems a bit harsh because Giroud has just become the France all-time top goalscorer. But Kane yeah. is over Giroud all day long. You agree? Yes. And yeah. then in midfield, yeah. I put Rice and Bellingham purely because I rate them so highly. And I'm thinking of Rabiot and Schuermany. Uh Kamavinga doesn't even get in ahead of Schuermany. Is Is that up
2: for debate? I would say that Bellingham is a definite uh rice uh, she, uh,
1: Shall should i take rice out stuff. and we can debate it then rice is a rice is a tough one because he's been he has been good but like you said i think i think henderson and griezmann have been better than him personally like it but i i it could go either way it's a tight one it is a tight one rice has been good do you know what i mean it, it could go that could go anyway it's just listen difficult. travis me and ob
0: are not ever gonna Stop you from putting Henderson in a combined eleven my friend. Yeah. So you just say the words, brother, and we're,
1: Can you? And we're putting yeah. him in. He even surprise me, mate. He's been top draw like since he's come into that team. Like Ob said, he's really led this England team. He's driving. right. Ob is he in? Shall I put him in? Yeah, yeah, he's in. Let's go. In. Let's go. In. Henderson, and Embelligan, so, so, Centre so Mid. If we're
2: basing it on this tournament, yeah, on this tournament, absolutely tournament. right. And I, I think I think Trav's right about Griezmann as well. Um, if you're basing on this tournament, he's, he, he's quality. I'm loving it.
0: Right, let's go from keeper at the back then. Well, well that's
2: not, not a debate, is it?
0: Well, I don't know. I'm not a Hugo Lloris fan at all, but Jordan Pickford I'm is not the worst
2: pick... of the three keepers I know, I, uh, in yeah, the England squad. I, I, <laughs> I. What worries me about this evening is i am still got concerns around Pickford, around Maguire and around Stones because I think they've all got big mistakes in them. Yeah. And, based on that alone but if you're going on this tournament so far both of them keepers have been pretty decent I think um and it's hard to choose between them but I would put Louise in there based on that my own personal opinion that I think he's a much superior goalkeeper Trav
1: yeah for me
2: yeah
0: that's three all in agreement right right back what we're we thinking we've got Kyle Walker and Jules Kunde has been playing it right back for France which he's a
1: centre-back by trade isn't he yeah, they, been, they they did play Benjamin Pavard, but I don't know. Did he get injured in the first game or something? Because like you said, I think
2: he me... did. Yeah, I think yeah. he did.
1: And Kunde's not naturally a right back. He's done okay there, but for me, I, I'm I'm picking Walker ahead of him at right back for sure.
2: Walker's Walker's a world class right back. I mean, the very fact that we're talking about him being able to cope with one of the two players of the tournament says to me that he he, he needs to be in there. Hmm. No, that's
0: good for me. It it falls nicely in uh, the point I was making earlier that Kyle Walker is the right back in supposedly one of the best teams in the world. So he must hmm. be at the absolute peak of his game and he is in. Uh, just to give a quick update on the team so far, then we've got three spots left. So that's eight players selected, four on each England and France. Okay. So What's it's it? looking tight. So left back, yeah. What are we saying? Are we saying Luke Shaw or uh, is it Hernandez plays there? But is that the yeah, other Hernandez, I, the, the main
1: Hernandez? Yeah, injured. Lucas Hernandez, yeah, he snapped his crucia, He's out for the season. So now it's Theo Hernandez. Are they brothers? Yeah, I'm, yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, mad.
2: I I really rate Theo Hernandez. He bombs on a lot. I think Trav talked to him on that a bit. Uh, um earlier on, but I, I really rate him. I'm not a massive Luke Shaw fan. Uh um, so much
0: so that you'd have started trippier over Shaw at left back, O B.
2: Exactly, exactly. And that and that kind of gives you a an idea of what I I think may happen. I don't necessarily think Shaw has done anything particularly wrong in this World Cup though, in fairness to him. Yeah. Um but I, I would have Fernandez over him personally. I don't know what you think.
0: Look, there's Adam. two there's two top teams here, do you know what I mean so it is gonna be hard to beat yeah. pretty much every uh um, yeah. so around.
1: inconsistent, like he's either nine out of ten or he's four out of ten. He's yeah. never had seven out of ten every week. That's the thing, you just a top Luke sure is quality, but then an abysmal Luke Shore just lets you down so much, like switches yeah. off, doesn't track. And like you said, Tonight he could quite easily make a couple of mistakes or not track his runner and you can go out of the tournament. Like he's done that so many times for United for in a United show. I've seen it week in, week out at United. And he's one of those players you just you just can't always rely on on him. So I think, yeah, Theo nick's that one for me personally.
0: Well, this might be telling lads because it the the business end of a tournament, leagues and tournaments like this are one on a strong defence. Out of the back five, we've only got one England player in there, which is Kyle Walker. So this this could be telling. Okay, so the midfield we've agreed is Henderson, unbelievably, but gladly, <laughs> and yeah. Bellingham. Then we've got Mbappe on the left, Kane up top. So then we've just got the two supporting players um, in the three behind Kane. Who are we going for? There's obviously a lot of so we, players. So, to... so
2: we, said, we, we said Griezmann, didn't we?
0: There's Griezmann, there's Dembele, there's Foden... Saka, Saka. Sterling. I don't
1: think M-
2: Sterling. M- I don't think Sterling. Yeah, I don't think Sterling. I think Foden and Griezmann are the two that stand out for me there. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's an argument for Saka as well, because he's been good. But yeah, I think... Uh, Griezmann definitely, and then it's between Foden and Saka for me. I can't choose.
0: Do you not think Dembele's a bit unlucky to miss out? Because think- we're just... We're just talking about this tournament and I know I don't watch too much international or European ball, but he's been like, is, for me, as good as Mbappe. Maybe not bringing the goals like
1: Mbappe, but... Oh, mate, if he stays fit, he was at Dortmund at first and went to Barcelona. He just never stays fit, but a fit to Dembele is unbelievable. Two-footed, pace, power, goals, assists. He's literally got the lot. He just never stays fit. And this is the first tournament where he's actually been fit. So he's displayed to everyone how good he is. And like you said, he's been unbelievable this tournament. But like you said, in terms of like impact, Foden, Saka, between them two, it's like splitting hairs. That's so tough, I think. I really do. I, I think both players are unbelievable for their age. Uh, I,
2: suppose, I suppose, Travis, you've got to think of it, and this is where I've come I landed on Foden, is hmm. that for me, at an absolute top-end level, how high do I think Foden's ceiling is and how high do I think Saka's ceiling is? Mm. I've just got Foden in there because I think Foden could go on to be one of the best players in the world if he isn't approaching that bracket now. Whereas with Saka, I think he's just underneath that. that. And I think that's
1: where I've got to. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so.
0: The team is done. That was a little bit easier than I thought it might have been. So we've got Larissa in goals, Varane in upper Meccano, centre-backs, Hernandez left-back, Walker right-back, Henderson and Bellingham anchoring that midfield with a frightening front four of Foden, Griezmann, Mbappe and Kane. So it's six to France and five to England. Yeah. Does that build the confidence heading into tonight, thinking we've got players that can can make it a combined 11? There's pretty much 50-50
1: definitely i think tonight's going to be a really really tight game i really do like um i think both sides equally have got a chance of of making it through for different reasons obviously mbappe is the standout player on the pitch and england are going to have to keep him quiet if they want to stand a chance of getting through but you just never know what's going to happen in this tournament it's been so many crazy results crazy performances Goals in the last minute, so much extra time. It's been full of incident. It, it's made for a great tournament. It really has. Like you can't say you haven't enjoyed watching it. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be tight. Like Obi said earlier, I think France are probably going to nick it, but I would not be surprised if England went through tonight. I really wouldn't. Could be party tight tonight. It, th- yeah,
2: absolutely. I think I think as well we've got a we've got to look at what happened in, in yesterday's games. Um, with with the Brazil game and the Argentina game and how how much emotion was going on in them moments and it's about being calm in the moments you know the big moments we get a chance towards the end of the game or if they get a chance towards the end of the game what's going to happen in them big moments is the keepers going to be able to do something that just slightly bothers me just slightly bothers me our, is one of our defenders going to make a mistake at the wrong moment. I just, I've got this horrible feeling that we're just going to fall a little bit short defensively. Not necessarily going forward because I think we've got the ability to score the goals, but I think we might just slip up defensively at a crucial moment. And that, and that really, really, really bothers me.
0: Well, we've called it with our combined 11, haven't we? We've only got one England defender in that back five, including the keeper. Right. I've already nailed my flag to the mast. 2-2 I'm going for. What are you two going for? And talk with your head, not your heart. All right, <laughs> I'm
1: gonna go two-one France. Is that a that's <laughs> a
0: repeat of the Euro 2004? Yeah, the two late France goals, two-one France. Ob. I,
2: I was gonna say two-one France, but I don't want to. Don't want to copy it. So no, 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 mate. You can I'm gonna, with it, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go three yeah, two go France.
0: <laughs> so it's goals goals galore is yeah, it's definitely yeah. gonna be goals
2: galore. Yeah. I think I think both defenses will be under a lot of pressure at certain points of the game. I think we'll see some really good finishing, um, and I think the game might go wild in little ten minute periods where it goes a bit to and fro, and then it will calm down, and it will go again. Um, but I think France have just got a little bit more quality than us. And it. Mm. I hope I'm wrong. Really hope I'm wrong. I think
0: the I first goal... About, I know it's a cliche, but the first Mbappe, goal...
1: Mbappe, I just... I re- it, yeah. it, it, Sending shudders down my spine. Maguire against Mbappe in that left channel. Just like, obviously, just on the counter-attack when Walker's just naturally just supporting the attack and just leaves a little bit of space and ping, he just runs into that channel. I just worry about that battle, mm he might switch them he might actually switch maguire to the left next to shaw and play stones right next i thought to maguire does yeah. play in the left so you know. no. yeah he does so he does most of the time yeah united at united we switch maguire to the right but i i, I think he might play on the left with shaw and, and they play stones outside for that the,
2: the, the, the other important person who doesn't get hasn't been mentioned an awful lot um but is important in the system and managing mbappe is going to be rice Exactly for the point that you touched upon, Trav. Because ultimately, when we're when we've got the ball, um, Rice is going to be have to be in the right position to be able to cover any Walker jaunt up the park yeah. and cover it very quickly. So I think Rice's Rice's game is going to be really important today. And if England do well in the game, Rice will have had a good game. There's absolutely no doubt about it because. He his position is that more defensive one of the three, and that's the the role that that Southgate's uh, appointed to him, and his nous that he's got defensively is going to be important in managing Mbappe. And to be fair, Dembele on the other side, um, and making sure that they're handing people over to at uh, the right moment, they know what they're doing in transition. Um, we're, we're we're making the right decisions. I think that's so important, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I think it's going to be a cagey first 20, and then I think it's going to go wild. I really do.
0: That's it. England versus France. Uh, let's touch on a couple of the other teams. Brazil. Mm. Dancing Silly Dances. I don't want to sound like I'm taking words out of Roy Keane's mouth, the great Roy Keane, but Dancing Silly Dances with their manager against South Korea in uh the last 16, was that a sign of arrogance? Should you be saving them silly dances when you're 3-0 up, up in the World Cup final? And more importantly than that, how impressed are you two with my punditry that I said the Brazil squad wasn't all that and the likes of Fred and Paqueta and Richarlison are getting nowhere near the England team. So why
1: couldn't we win <laughs> and, and beat them? I think they'll be kicking themselves. If you look at the game, I know it took them to extra time to score. But I said even before the career game, they've had a lot of chances in games and not taking them. And and yesterday when they went 1-0 up, if you looked at the equaliser, two things. The first one was that was Croatia's first shot on target in the whole game. The second thing is they've got about three defenders halfway up the pitch on the counter-attack in, in about the 117th minute. Sort of, the game's so stretched and I'm just like... I think their culture doesn't sort of allow them to see games out. They just naturally, they just don't do it. They've never done it. Do you know what I mean? They've either just blitz teams or like even when it's 1-0, they've sort of half got away with it. And normally, nine times out of 10, they, they do get away with that and they go through on an extra time yesterday. But it, it was a sucker punch. And I think it took the wind out of the sails and it was a huge blow for them. And I think when they reflect on it, um, they'll be kicking themselves that they didn't go through because... I, I did fancy them to win the whole thing for a start. And I think they would have beat Argentina as well. Um, but it would have been a tougher game, Argentina. But I just think they, they'll be looking at that, really, really kicking themselves in terms of that result. Because they, I weren't saying they were blowing teams away, but they were having a lot of chances, not winning games. They were starting to get sort of in their groove. But like you said, Croatia, that they, they're they no pushovers. Even from like Euro 96 in the like... Bowman days and stuff like that. They were they were getting going far in tournaments, causing upsets, and you can never ever count Croatia out at any stage in a game. So testament to them, they just keep going. Is
0: that that arrogance be- that I mentioned though? And um, Ob mentioned game management. Southgate's got Southgate's got Ernest Corn, and so was that just a complete lack of game management, having three defenders up the park in the 117th minute, and that arrogance couldn't wait to do the silly think- dance.
2: Yeah, I think, I think there was a lot of arrogance. Also, they had a lot of... I noticed this in the earlier games, and it, I thought to myself, well, they're doing the business anyway. It doesn't really matter. But a lot of the players are a bit samey. As in, they play the same type of football when there was no nobody to bring off the bench to do something completely different. So they're bringing on Anthony for Rafinha, and, and it, it felt a little bit samey in in a lot of what they were doing at points. And it was like, bring in? on someone. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Croatia picked up on that quite quickly. And don't get me wrong, Croatia rode the lucky at little moments in the game, but they probably knew they would have to do that to get to where they wanted to be. And they just took them deep, and they just at the right moment they applied pressure, got a little bit of luck with a deflection, um, and once it went to penalties, I, I think we all knew there was only going to be one winner there. I think the mentality, mentality monsters. Um, they talk mm-hmm. about I used to talk about Liverpool in that way. Um, but ultimately, I think Croatia have got a real strong mentality, and they're not going to win the tournament on player for player skill. They're going to win it on absolute organisation and knowing what they're good at um, and managing that through. And um,
0: and, and Dejan Lovren, it,
2: oh well, yeah, I mean he, he never put a foot wrong. <laughs> he never put a foot wrong, and it's it's mad that these guys can come in and play to that level for the for the country at points. And and yeah, he hasn't made a mistake, has he? But again, I haven't even mentioned
0: Rafinha. Would you rather have Leeds-Rafinha or Foden of Man City? Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Rafinha might be at Barca now, but he's still Leeds Rafinha. So these players, I was looking at it thinking, just because they put on this yellow jersey, it doesn't give them this coat of invincibility. And all of a sudden, it's they're different players. They're still these players that wouldn't get into a top four side in the Premier League, wouldn't get in the England side, and I thought I, I spot something I think, here and I'm so I glad I was culture, right. I
1: think culture and like history has a lot to do with like the way teams play and how teams approach tournaments and there's like this subconscious pressure that can come onto a team. So for example, Brazil. We might not see it here in the media and in the in the punditry and stuff, but back home in Brazil and all the journalists and stuff, they'll be putting an immense pressure on how Brazil, the style and the way they sort of approach a tournament, play in a tournament, win a tournament. So them being one nil up, one hundred and seventeenth minute, a couple of minutes away from a semi final with three defenders over the halfway line. That's so normal to them. Do you know what I mean? Because with Lucio Cafu and Roberto Carlos doing it, winning World Cups, that's what they're used to. So it's like, I'm not saying, I think it is poor game management because football sort of moves on. Do you know what I mean? So from a Brazilian coaching perspective, to win tournaments this day and age, you do have to have sort of both sides. He should have been saying, right, let's shut up sharp. We're not going to go anywhere. We're going to keep the ball for two minutes. But like you said, it is, sometimes it's not in your culture, and you can get caught cold. Like I said, on another day they they could have gone through quite easily yesterday, and it just come and it just come back to bite them, and and it really did haunt them. And it, you could see they were hurt because, like you said, I think they thought 117th minute the game was done. Um, Croatia didn't have a shot all game next minute they're out and they're on the plane and that's what can happen it's just so so fine lined and fickle
2: absolutely it's, every
1: it's every, knockout every football team.
2: isn't it yeah every team needs a dunga so you remember what uh, dunga yeah. did for brazil and it, it, it's really really important and if you have a load of players who are going to charge up the park you need someone who can control it and someone who can manage it someone who can foul the guy i mean it, that yeah. that was what i was thinking was you could see that there was going to be a dangerous attack at that point of a game Bring the guy down. You know what I mean? Take that foul. Take the yellow card. Even if it's a red, take the red. Because there was a whole world of bad stuff going on there and they let it happen. And the the people and the the guys with the tears in their eyes, like Charleston, Neymar, their mentality isn't as strong as some of these other guys who are playing for Croatia. And I would say some of the the players in the other teams. And ultimately, they, they fell short because of their mentality their behaviour and the fact that they bought into their own hype. Yeah.
0: What about uh, Netherlands-Argentina? I only watched extra time and the penalties and OB from a Liverpool point of view, Virgil van Dijk is going to be heartbroken with his penalty. He tried that old one-step run-up and blast it, same side as he went in the Carabao Cup final. This time it didn't come off. I bet he wishes he could take that again with a bit more poise and it was just, it was heartbreaking. I know you've got a bet on Argentina, but obviously the neutrals wanted the Netherlands to go through.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I put on, I put money on the Argent, Argentinians after they lost to Saudi Arabia. I got a free 10 pound bet and put it on because it was 17 to two. So um, I'm quite chuffed on myself about that. Probably <laughs> as chuffed as, as, as you are that Brazil went out and you called it. Scott. Um, but, I, I, do think, I do think in this Argentina team, I thought they, would, they, they let it slip a little bit last night. Um, they dominated the game. They shouldn't have allowed what happened to happen. It was really interesting to see that when push comes to shove, the way the Dutch thought they were going to get back into the game was going route one football. After all, we get told about the Dutch style and everything else. Pumping the ball into the box and bringing on the tallest guys that you've got in the squad was the way they went. And it, it paid off. I thought the free kick was absolutely ingenious. It was brilliant. It was a marvelous thing to see. Really well, um, Crazy, but when it, it went to pen, when it went to penalties, it's almost like the difference between Argentina and Brazil was Argentina decided they weren't losing that, and they put their best player to take the first penalty. Neymar was going to take penalty number five. It never got to it. It was like we're going to go it. hard from the start, you know. And it's like. Mm. Just get your best guy to take your opening penalties and worry about it after that. And yeah. I think that lesson is there for everybody to see. And let's hope we don't see anything mad happen tonight.
1: Bring on the madness, it I can't say. go to penalties because England are toast. England are awful at penalties in tournaments. We all know that. Like, it cannot go to penalties tonight because it will just be crumble stations again. I can't... England genuinely, generally are just poor at penalties. Yeah. They would have been practicing them, obviously, but like you said, it's just... It's, but so it's, much it's, counts on the goalkeeper as well. I
0: remember uh, Donnarumma for Italy in the Euro final. He looked humongous in that goal. Uh, Emi Martinez last night, he just looked like... Uh, uh, so aggressive, weren't he? So aggressive, and, so... like, And you just thought there's and, one... And the,
2: and the Croatian lads as well. The Croatian lads earlier in the day, um, I think he plays for Zagreb. And he's, he's the keeper for Zagreb. He doesn't play outside the country. And he, he looked like he was never going to get beaten. Yeah, he really yeah. did. He just looked so confident. Um, he knew what he needed to do. And he, he just nailed it. And it's, it is it is all about your goalkeeper and how they feel at the moment. You know what I mean? In the moment. and you, Yeah. And, and, and that's why I've got a little bit of a concern. And I know Pickford has been known to save your penalty. I was going to say um, maybe that would be
0: good for us because Pickford's a little arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did you see the story about the Dutch keeper um, no, no. he's pretty much been a sub goalkeeper all his career until this season, he went on a free transfer to Herenveen, I think it is
2: right. right.
0: all of a sudden he just found this form, he's the Dutch number one and he looked really good last night um, he did yeah to see that yeah he broke
1: his leg skiing um, after the tournament that he's out for the season so no can't way be too happy with that best please that that was interesting news but what are you doing skiing mid-season I don't know crazy, crazy. crazy. right lads uh,
0: Portugal's kicking off so I'm going to go and get a, a nice cup of tea in my chat because yeah. Trav's been drinking his tea and it made me I've been drinking not bringing one and...
1: honey and ginger tea <laughs> mm. <laughs> is that because
0: uh, like... you're still ill or is that a health thing yeah. or
1: Good for the sinuses, mate.
2: Nice, nice. Right, lads. I tell what. I tell you what. Just quickly on the back of that, the Portuguese will probably do a lot better because obviously Ronaldo. You oh
0: drop yeah, Ronaldo, we even got a better a that we? Yeah.
2: Ronaldo's
0: <laughs> Instagram. Ronaldo's sister's Instagram stories are going to be on flames. She's going to be going mad, insane. Um, Is he not
1: playing today either?
2: No, no. He's, he's on the he's on the bench again. Finally... That's, that's 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 how you improve your team, don't you? You bench him. He's finding place again, mate. Oh, yeah. Poor Cristiano.
0: <laughs> right, lads. <laughs> cheers for your time. Thanks for getting off your deathbed, Ob. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's only under two weeks now until the Premier League's back, so we're going to be having more videos, more frequent. Getting back on our bread and butter, which is Man United and Liverpool Premier League, Champions League. I can't wait. But now this World Cup's been ace. We've been keeping the page, um, the channel ticking over with a video a week. So we'll end on that. It's coming home. Come on, England, and we'll see you in the next one. Trav, Ob, thanks a lot.
2: Cheers. See you later.